welcome to the True Growth Podcast with me, Viv Allen, success coach and trusted counsellor. Each week, I'm sharing with you the best of the tools, tips and techniques I have learned in over 10 years of professional and personal development, designed to empower you to take courageous action in your business and in your life, so you can free up more time and earn more money. It is my mission to lead you towards your inevitable success on your terms, so you can live a more joy-filled life by connecting what's in your head with what's in your heart. If you're ready to live your life with more ease and fun, doing what you love with who you love, then this show is for you. Hello and welcome to everybody to the True Growth Podcast. Before I get launched into my chat with my fantastic guest today, Paul Newton from Mental Theft. I am absolutely giddy with excitement, which is why I feel galloping off already before even introducing Paul. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's, that's so, I, I'm so happy to be here. So uh, happy to be here. Great. So Paul has agreed in his very busy schedule to spend some time with us today. And I'm slightly, well, though I'm whilst really excited, I am actually, if I'm honest, a little bit scared because Paul is a magician uh-huh. and his skill is to steal my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so, so I've been a magician for years. I've been a magician since I was a kid. But in the past couple of years, I've kind of specialised in stealing stuff. I, I break into buildings, I nick pin numbers, I nick passwords, I steal usernames in the hope that I teach people your security isn't that secure. And, and you know, we've got to take it a bit more seriously. And, and I entertain people and I have fun with it. But hopefully they learn a few lessons along the way as well. Um, so yeah, I, I get to mess about for a living. It's not a bad deal, really. <laughs> it's really I think it. I saw you at um, the corporate event uh, recently, which of course we've had online because this year we've been in lockdown. Oh, um, was that the was that the early morning one? Yeah, it was a ridiculous. Ah, <laughs> uh, these people. I'm like, I'm an entertainer for a living. I, I don't get up until one in the afternoon if I can help it. No. And then the amount of people that go, Paul, we want you to do a fun and exciting thing at seven in the morning. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you did a seven. really good job. You kept me entertained. But Oh, also, thank you, mate. Oh, and also I think in some way we're kind of in the same business in that we understand the power of our minds to either trip us up or to allow us to succeed. Yep, I would agree with that. Do you know what? The the mind of every single individual is so massively powerful that, that it's it's that old saying of if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, you just won't. And and the amount of times that people have got an amazing talent inside of them, an amazing something inside of them, and they don't succeed because they don't think they can do it. Mm. Mm. It, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. My, it's my absolute passion as a success coach and business performance coach to help people overcome those mindset blocks because it's it literally is this like, is that invisible uh, glass ceiling or uh, a, a fantasy box that we put ourselves in? And quite often it's really unconscious. It's not something that we think we're thinking to ourselves or telling ourselves it's a storyline that we've adopted from our upbringing from society and from some kind of crazy beliefs that we've got probably from watching too much netflix <laughs> this year um, and and um I, I i'm guessing that you can help people with imposter syndrome as well absolutely right 
my, I've spent my lifetime pretending I'm a magician. It's not true. It's <laughs> not true. And and yeah, I still see myself as as the boy that grew up in West London, who was a paper boy or a trainee accountant. Mm-hmm. And then I get these corporations asking me to talk to all of their staff. I'm like, really? Why? It just amazes me. Yeah. And it is so interesting. Um, you said about, um, you know, you're worried, you know, that about playing small, that, but actually what you've got and developed this year, we, I want to talk to everybody about how you pivoted your business because that's just been one of my themes clearly for this year for a lot of my business, um, coach, um, coaching clients. But also for all of us, we've all had to rethink a lot of our lives, not just the business aspect, but everything and how we do it. Yeah. And I am holding a copy of your book. Yeah, look at that. I, I can't actually read because I'm giving it away as a present. <laughs> right. But um, I'm going to give this away to a lovely listener who leaves us a review and maybe shares this particular episode because... I believe so strongly in your message. This book is about the greater good. This is about, like you say, helping people to not yeah. get scammed. And I had a credit card fraud just this week on my oh, credit no. card. Um, I'm delighted to say that my bank are hot as potatoes and they got straight on it and you know, no harm has been oh. done. But uh, no, I wasn't in South Africa at a guest house. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. I like most people have been at home all year. Yeah, during lockdown, <laughs> I did not suddenly have a flip to South Africa. No, no. Um, no good, no. right? It's good that your, your your credit card company or your bank stopped it and spotted it. That's brilliant. The bit that annoys me here is if the bank are really good and stop it before anything happens, then they can't send the police after that person because technically no crime has been committed. Mm. Wow. Just annoying. Just annoying. I had somebody try and take, uh, what was it, uh, four and a half thousand pounds off of one of my cards a few years ago. And, and they, they did it well. They started with two thousand pounds, tried to spend that, and then they kept taking the amounts down and down and down. But Mm -hmm. the bank stopped it. And actually, it was one of those cards that you have to load it with cash before you can use it. So I purposely Mm -hmm. have that card in my back pocket and it's contactless. But I have no money on it. My real credit cards are inside my phone case, which has an RFID blocker on it. So nobody can pick up the information off of those cards. And I still keep this contactless cash card in my back pocket whenever I walk through a main town, just to prove to people how easy it is for your information to be lifted. Now, that information should be encrypted. So when they lift it, it's encrypted. But these people, from the time I went through a market in London, and got onto a train in Waterloo, they had enough time to download the information, unencrypt it, and try and spend on it. So they did all of that in about 20 minutes. Wow. Ah. And, and then you, and people, but it's encrypted. It's like, yeah, I know, but that'll be an algorithm or a piece of mathematics that somebody can work out, or a computer can work yeah. out. But yeah, same as my bank got onto me as soon as I was on that train. They called me up and they said, oh, we want you to go through security information. And I said, no, which they always love when I do that. Yeah. Um, and I said, look, I don't give out information, especially when I'm on a public train and I don't know who you are. And they said, no, that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. And actually, they were really good about it. I've had others that get narky, but these guys were good. They said, can you look on the back of your card, 
call the number on the card and get through to us, I'm going to put a note on your account saying why we're calling. And yeah, I went back through to them, mm-hmm. got to them, said, and they said, yeah, we're calling you because of fraud. We need you to talk to our fraud department. But like, of course you can, no worries. Um, but yeah, if anyone listens to this, if you get a phone call asking you for any security information, as politely as you can, just say, no, no, I don't do that. Um, and get, get them to suggest a way you can check their phone number and call them back yourself. Because there's so many mm-hmm. scammers calling people up at the moment. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think you made an important point there as well about them, because I've heard of scams where they give you the number to ring. Yeah. And then you just call it books. So, of course, getting to, you know the, the number off the back of your phone is the, the absolute important thing Exactly. Exactly. Every credit card and every bank card will have a customer service number on the back of it. It's easy to find. And... and do you know what? I've dealt with people who say, oh, but I can't do that because it's not polite. No, it, it is polite if you say it politely. You know, j- just say it nicely, yeah. be polite to them, and then go, look, you should be encouraging me to not give out security information. I'll call you back. Yeah. In this episode, I obviously, what I've been doing all year is um, with the episodes each month. So in my True Growth Coaching Program, it's a, it's a base over 12 sessions. And um, each session has a basically has a theme. So what I've been doing this year is, of course, putting that theme into each month. So this being month 12, we have been talking all about purpose, living with purpose. Um, it's such an important factor to our health, to our wealth and our happiness and yes. uh, that I really want people to think about that. And as I said earlier, this year has been a fantastic opportunity for everyone to start really thinking about their lives and their lifestyles. Um, this is uh, it was that thing someone said you're either turning a chunk, a hunk, or a, or a monk during lockdown. Ah, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but it certainly presented us with challenges and equally lots and lots of opportunities. And you took this opportunity to pivot your business this year, didn't you? Because being in the entertainment business, you had to radically shift and shape up probably on the on the stone oh, of the heel uh, to get it done tell us a little bit about that journey for okay you. right so my my two businesses at the start of this year one was as a keynote speaker and doing live events in front of uh, anywhere from 100 to 1500 people and and that i'll be blatant that pays really well it's a great job and and I get to make people laugh and think and sort out their security. And I love doing that. The other job is as a magician where I'm on stage. And the only focus is to make people happy. And, and what a brilliant job. I mean, I'm, I know I'm a lucky boy. I know I've worked my backside off to get there. But I do something I absolutely adore for a living. And, and when, you, when I walk out of the theatre... And I'm I'm not wearing the trilby hat. And I'm not wearing the grey suit. And I'm maybe I'm just in jeans, t-shirt, and a baseball cap. And people haven't realised who I am. I could be walking through a foyer, and you hear a family go, "That guy in the trilby, he was so funny. And how did he do that? And how did, and and it just I don't know. It fills your soul up. It really does. Um, but I remember the date very well. It was March 14th. Um, it was a Friday. We, we, I'd taken this Friday night off because two of my friends, it was their joint 40th birthday party. And for me to take a Friday night off is just unheard of. I'm always working on a Friday night. 
Now, around that time, we'd started getting warned about COVID and we'd start getting warned about lockdown and we'd start getting warned about to the point that my friends whose birthday party it was, their parents were told not to come to the party because they were over a certain age and they didn't want those people at gatherings. While we're there, I've got there's some of my entertainer buddies there as well. And we've then heard if you've got a persistent cough, you 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 know, don't go to school or don't go to work or isolate. And our daughter had a cough. And I turned around to my wife mm-hmm. at the party and I said, That's it. Because she's got that cough and we now know this. We're not going out for two weeks. Oh, okay, right. I need to find cover for all of my job. This is this is our last hurrah. This is our last time out. Over that weekend, things changed for the worst, to be honest with you. Um, so we knew that we were going to say that our daughter's not going back to school for at least a week, I think it was. It was a week or two weeks you had to isolate. During that week, when it got to the, f- the following Friday, we were then told schools were shut. We were then told no mm-hmm. big gatherings. Mm-hmm. Now, why would you hire a magician or a keynote speaker if you cannot have a big gathering. Now, there's all of a sudden, my two careers had nothing. I, I was literally going from flying high, enjoying myself, um, earning good money, to you're giving back deposits for all of the gigs that you've got. You'd Thankfully, I keep them separate because I don't use a deposit until I've done the gig, but I know a lot of entertainers that don't do that. They were giving money away from their credit cards because they hadn't kept deposits. Um, and yeah, so so between you and me, and I, I know you won't tell loads of people about this, but I, I swear to you, <laughs> I went into a form of depression for two or three weeks. I didn't know what to do. Mm. I didn't know how to do it. I couldn't see how working online would have the same effect. I didn't want to deliver anything if it didn't give a massive effect to people. Um, and I went into mm-hmm. panic. Now, thankfully... If if you ever see any of my work, there's a guy called Jesse that's always involved. He does um, my pretty mm-hmm. stuff. He's the one who took this photo that you, that's on the front of the cover of the book. Um, he's the one who designed the cover of the book. And he's in the book. Every so often, a little speech bubble will come up, and it will say Jesse's thoughts. And Jesse's more technical than I am. So so I'll go. I'll flounce through and go, this is all right. This is fine. And Jesse goes, hold on. We just need to talk about this bit. And he'll explain things to people. Jesse gave me a call at about week three, and he said, right, mm-hmm. you've had enough time now. I was like, what, what do you mean? And he went, we're still getting messages about security. We're still getting people that are panicking. We've now got businesses mm-hmm. who are down to skeleton staff, and they're worried that their buildings are going to get done over while there's not enough staff to look after yeah. them. They need your help. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, okay. I, I suppose if somebody walks me around with a video camera, I can I can give some advice, but I don't see how this works. Then he said, "The book, the book that you've been talking about, you've never had the time to write it." He goes, "I know you've got the stories in your head. I know you already understand what you want to say. Honestly, Paul, how much have you written?" And I said, "What in an actual document, probably about fourteen thousand words." And he went, brilliant, mm-hmm. it's a start. Let's do the rest. And I said, but Jesse, we'd come up with a plan of every keynote talk we got, half of it would be used to live on and half of it would be squirreled away mm-hmm. and we were going to save to produce the book. I said, mate, we can't do it now. Now we've got time and no money. Okay, it's not going to happen. And he said, look, 
let's start writing. We'll worry about that in a bit. Oh, I love that philosophy. And that boy, and seriously, he's he's a massive part of the business. Um, and if he hadn't called me on that day, I had loads of things just happen that made it all fit into place. And this, the kickstart mm-hmm. was Jesse mm-hmm. saying, you've got the time. You've got the time. Let's do this. So I started writing. Uh, Jesse had access to the document that I was writing. So he'd be, he'd be watching what I'm doing. And every so often he'd put a note in of, you haven't explained this. Or what do we do there? How do we do this? And it was through that process that at one point I just said, Jesse, you say it. The thing that you're saying to me right now, say <laughs> that so other people hear it. If they've watched any of our podcast, YouTube stuff anywhere, they'll expect you to say it. Yes. And he went, oh, are you sure? And that's when we came up with the speech bubble idea. And every so often, Jesse just pops up and goes, Paul doesn't get this bit because it's really technical. So I'll go through the tech. Perfect. But yeah, so we, so we started writing. We got to something like 25,000 words that we were happy with. We We still wanted to build it a bit more. I mean, the end result of the book is something like 37,000 words. And yeah, if you're, if you're this type of person that I am, being sat down and writing that is a nightmare. It's just weird. But then we hit the money problem. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do. And, and he said, well, crowdfunder idea. We've, you know, you've talked about crowdfunders helping other people. Why don't we do a crowdfunder? And honestly, Viv, my my response was, don't be stupid. We'll probably hit 50 quid if my dad gets involved. <laughs> That's like a teeny weeny bit of imposter syndrome slipping yeah, in there. Because because <laughs> it's like I said earlier, I still see myself as that teenage paper boy in West London. Why would people want to see what he writes? Okay. And, and I know loads of people go through self-doubt and all the rest of it. But I'm an entertainer. If I can't hear the applause, I don't think they love it. So, so chance in putting this out there in the first place, I said, no. I said, no, that won't work. It's not going to happen. Somebody else said to me, do a crowdfunder. No, 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 it won't, it won't work. Someone else who had been doing a crowdfunder said, Paul, it can work. And I was like, don't be silly. You know, you've got a very successful business. Looking at that person and going, you're a grown-up. You've got a proper business. You don't go on stage and do card tricks. Okay. Um, and and then that person, I'm pretty sure that person then called Crowdfunder UK. She told them about what I was doing. And this bit is guesswork because she hasn't actually admitted to it. Okay. Now I'm a mind reader and she's made a point of ignoring me since this happened. She's trying to dodge me. Right. Um, and they got in touch with me and they said, look, we've been told about your project. And we want to do this. If you do this with us, there will be no fees. I'm like, well, hold on. So the normal 5 to 15% that a crowdfunder keeps, you're saying, I don't have to pay that. They went, yeah. They said, not only that, there will be no credit card processing fees either. So how could I really turn around and say no? I'm now there with Jesse mm-hmm. saying this will work. Other business people saying this will work. Crowdfunder saying, do it. There is no lose situation. So, okay, all right, then let's do it. Let's put together some rewards. Let's put together some products that people might want, and and let's make sure that if they if they give us twenty five pound, I want to give them value of fifty, and let's come up with some great stuff for these people. 
And we did. And we started planning it. And all of a sudden, I looked at her and went, oh, my word, this is a project that's ready to go. How did that happen? Um, on the day of launch, again, I turned around to Jesse and said, this won't work. It was meant to go live at 12 midday. Probably due to user error, probably completely my fault, it didn't go live. Okay. Um, Jesse and I are on the phone talking. That's a lie. We were on Facebook Messenger doing a video chat. And he's like, right, uh -huh. Paul, you're the only one the access to the website. Do a screen share. Show me what it's doing. And I've done a screen share. And I said, look, there it is. It should have gone live. And he went, okay, what's that button next to it? And I went, well, that button will just make it go live now if we press the button. And he went, right, press the button then. You've already said it was meant to go five minutes ago. Press the button. And I was like, yeah, but it won't work. But it won't work. Press the button. Yeah, it won't work. Press the button. It won't work. Press. I pressed the button. And seriously, I was I was ready to say, I told you so. I told you it wouldn't work. We actually ended up, I needed, I needed £2,000 to do a project that we would have had to scrape the bottom of every single barrel. But we could have done it. If I got to £4,000, which was the actual target, we could create a book and some rewards that I'd be proud of and I was chuffed with. We ended up hitting nearly 7000 Amazing. Oh, gosh. And what difference did that make? Oh, mate, it's nuts. It's what? Well, you've just shown me my book that I yeah. wrote with my buddy. And it's in your hands. And I didn't uh -huh. I didn't put that in your hands. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? that um and yeah, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Jesse, if it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for me doing silly gigs and, and annoying people and stealing pin numbers, if it wasn't for the people who have done crowdfunders, if it wasn't for Maddie, if you're listening, I'm still sure it was you that called Crowdfunder. But do you know what I mean? If it wasn't for all of those things, I wouldn't have gone for it. I think, you know, I thank you so much for sharing that story. There's so much stuff in there, which I think actually people listening will think, well, that's great for Paul, but like, but actually it applies to so all does. of us. It so does. That's that. I don't believe in myself, but then the people are telling you the evidence is there. How much? It's almost like you needed a sledgehammer to get it through. Yes, you are an expert. Yes, you have a message to share. Yes, you have something that's valuable to society. And who are you not to share it? Mate, that, even that, that sounds weird now. I still think at some point I'm going to suddenly wake up, it'll be day one of the crowdfunder and nobody's looked at it. And, mm -hmm. It's nuts, Viv. It, it's yeah. absolutely nuts. And now the book's out, the book's launched, um, people are buying it, which that, that does my head in something rotten. The reviews of it are brilliant. Yeah, what's so interesting as well is that you said uh, right at the beginning of this, if you didn't hear the applause, you didn't see that, you know, you couldn't appreciate, you know, how appreciated you yeah. were or how successful you are. And yet every time someone buys a copy of the book, that is a massive, well done yeah. you. Yeah. I think a lot of online business owners do struggle with that point, though, because we send a lot of information out and we're not necessarily getting a tangible result because not everybody comments, although that, of course, has had an impact in someone's life. Yeah. And even I, I had a message from someone um, since the book released 
full release uh, 11 days ago now. And I had a message mm-hmm. from somebody saying, Paul, that scam script that you've warned us about in the book, someone literally called me an hour ago and used that exact script. And it's like, gotcha. And because that person had read it from me, they went, no, no, you're a scammer and you're trying to get my bank account. And, yeah, that person sent me a thank you message. (laughs) Yeah, every single person that that I stopped from any scam, that's a win. That's a massive win. For sure. It's got, got you there a little bit in the heart, hasn't it? And then, and then right, I'm, I'm now going to, because we're, we're chatting on a video call, I'm now going to show you the sponsored mug. Oh! <laughs> and and sorry, cool. to, to get up to the point where people had on the rewards, they got a copy of the book, they got um, an RFID protector card, they got a bookmark, and they got a mug. I even took the mick out of the mug, because to get to that point, you had to put in something like 50 pounds. So in my opening video on Crowdfunder, I said, nobody's going to do this. Nobody wants a mug. You know, the jump from the last thing was £35. It's now £50, and you gain a mug. No one is going to do that. I had to order 22 of them. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and, you know, I think if not only if you're, does your story there it really exemplify how important it is to have a good team mm-hmm. around you, but also to allow them to guide you. To, to go even to places beyond your imagination yeah. and allow them to just be there to uh, cheer you on from the sidelines. And, and that sounds like it points to drag you along. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> kicking and screaming. Um, but, yeah, it's it, don't get me wrong. I don't think I'll ever be a massive ego. Um, and friends of mine take the mick out of me and say if I suddenly become a big diva because of this, that they will bring me down to earth, that I don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, there's, <laughs> I don't, I've got a great team of people around me at the moment. I really have. I'm really lucky. And and then people like you, who I think are amazing, asking me to come and do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, of course I'll be there. That'd be lovely. That'd be awesome. An absolute pleasure, because I do believe that, you know, your message within the book, but also your message of your story is so valuable um, what difference has it made now? Because obviously you had that very clear image I could see in March when you were like, oh, I've got no business. So actually getting a book which has created a whole new revenue stream for you, but also a whole new way of reaching even more yeah. people. This isn't about date and time and people in a certain place. This is unlimited. Yeah. yeah. What difference has it made to your family? Uh, do you know, to my daughter... I'm still uncalled. I'm I'm still, you know, the most uncalled dad in the world ever. That, that's and and I, I love her to bits. She's so funny. She's awesome. But yeah, to her, it's just it's just dad doing his thing. To my wife, uh, she's she's so supportive, and she finds it ridiculously funny and just great that that she every stuff and she just goes, "I'm married to an author. How'd that happen?" <laughs> Things like that. Um, and then, and then business life. I've now right. This again just sounds weird to me. I've now got an agent in America because I'm Amazing. being asked to do keynote talks in America. And with the way the world is at the moment, that's as easy as walking down my garden, going into my dodgy little office, and doing a Zoom talk mm-hmm. to their staff. 
and and it's brilliant. And you know, when I'm doing stuff for America, the only downside is you can hear some of the owls in the trees. That's it. That's it. It's um, yeah. And because of this whole lockdown, I had to build my little studio down here, which I'm now so comfy and it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's kind of it's barely got a potting shed. It's, well, it, it, it's kind of been cobbled together by anything that we could find. Myself and my brother helped with it as well, and even my next door neighbour has helped make this. But it's just a little office that's been insulated and it's got a heater in it. And I've got two good walls that I can use as backgrounds, and it's turned into my little studio. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, the, our world has changed a lot. Um, hopefully, I won't turn into a diva. And I'm going to keep good people around me to make sure I don't. I'm sure you've got some good friends who'll keep your feet firmly planted yeah, on the ground. Yeah. And what's plans for 2021? What do you think it's going to shape up for, like, for you? Do you know what? I think I think mental theft could be massive. Mental theft could be massive. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be massive if I don't get in the way. It's the best I can say. Um if people want me on stage when if this vaccine rolls out works the way we hope it will and i get to do live shows again i'll be like the happiest kid in the best sweet shop in the world with the fact that i can now be in any country in the world just via zoom or team talks or things like that that's amazing too because it means i don't even have to leave my family that i love being with and i can do worldwide work um and then the book itself uh, that's for all the people that can't afford a consultant. That's for the people who can't come to a keynote. Um, you and I know loads of people who could do with the information, but they can't even afford a ticket to a seminar. Uh, this is for them. That way they can get some of my knowledge, some of my help, and it will cost them under 15 quid. If things go the way I really want them to, there's even going to be a surplus of books to send out to people that can't afford 15 quid will find a way to make it happen. It will happen eventually. When I do keynote talks, if I'm doing one for a big company and I've got a few insurance companies or clients of mine, and it's quite funny because Mm. I charge them a fair bit of money. And when I do so, Mm. I say, by the way, if you're paying that fee, that means I do your talk Mm -hmm. and I do another talk somewhere else where people can't afford me and they'll get it free of charge. So you're actually paying for two talks. Does anyone have a problem with that? And the right companies that I want to work with go, no, that's not a problem, Paul. Go ahead. Perfect. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that even though you feel like you might be playing small, you're playing small with a massive heart. And that this uh, this whole pandemic has given you that opportunity to go big. Yeah, really has. And if this hadn't happened, I would still have been running around the country and wouldn't have had time to do it. Yeah, spending less time with your family and reaching fewer people. Yeah, I think I think sometimes my daughter wishes I was still out on the road a lot. Um, <laughs> but no, I've had so many more cuddles this year from my little girl. And, and, and you know, now schools are back and open again. Um, I get to do the school run every day. That's, that's just amazing. I've had some people, you know, try and book me for, an, for a meeting. And I look at it and go, look, sorry, that one's not important enough to miss the school run. I'll be there at 9.30 instead. And, and it is quite funny because people just go, 
yeah, okay, that's a good reason. I, yeah, music to my ears. This is the one of the things I work a lot with with my my private coaching clients is, you know, balancing your passions and your profit. Yes, but building your business so it supports your lifestyle, not takes you away from your family. What's the point in working all those hours if you can't be with the people you love? And I'm absolutely determined to help people see how they can do more of what they love with who they love be that like you said the customers that you want to work yeah. with or to do more time playing with the kids or doing the school run or whatever it is that makes you feel alive and fulfilled yes now that so i'm a massive gamer i love my games console and i play team games on it okay and i've got a crew of people that i play with now now my point here is that's something i love doing okay don't let anyone else tell you what you should and shouldn't love doing. Because mm -hmm. I see loads of people go, oh, yeah, I used to enjoy games, but I'm a grown-up now. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Find a way for it to become part of your life again. Now, will gaming take over my time with my daughter? No chance. If my little girl wants me, that's the priority. Um, weirdly and quite nicely, she's turning into a gamer as well. So she actually comes and joins me and things. So, so yeah, it's, and I, I take the mick out of friends of mine who watch soaps and soap opera things because I, I just can't. Mm -hmm. But then when they go, oh, maybe I should spend my time somewhere else, it's like, hold on, you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, you're in the best position possible. So, so yeah, to, to anyone that you ever touch or meet with or talk to, um, yeah, just get them to find what they love doing. Everything else can work itself out some way. Yeah, it's about putting yourself on the centre of the stage, your life stage, and then like, yeah, I think with Shakespeare, all the world's player. Yeah. But yes, and I think that is very much that, that mindset shift around understanding that we create our reality with our thoughts. So if you can do that, that's incredibly powerful because that's when you start to become aware of how your thoughts either limit you or allow you to have ex-potential success and, you know, definitely filling your life with whatever you want to do. So true. Yeah. So true. Ah, oh, right. I need to, at some point, can just, just say yes, okay? You don't have to think about this too much. At some point, would you come onto <laughs> my show so I can interview about your mindset? Absolutely, it would be my pleasure. Yes. Really did enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> You'll get to meet Jesse properly then as well. Oh yeah, that would be good fun. That would be really good fun. I'd enjoy that. Oh my god! And now my palms are starting to sweat as I'm thinking you're going to steal something from me in order to make it a really good show. <laughs> I promise. I promise I'll behave myself. And if, if I was ever mean to you, I have a funny feeling Jesse would be on your side, and he'd edit me to look really bad. So don't, don't worry, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. <laughs> No problem at all. So um, I'm conscious of your time. You've so generously given to the show and to the listeners. Tell them how they can get hold of you. Where can they find out more about Mental Theft and you, Paul Newton Edition? Do you know what? It's so easy. On all social media, just do Mental Theft. One word. Again, no space in between them. Or if you go to mentaltheft.co.uk, you can find us there. If you go on Amazon and just type in Mental Theft as one word, we've kind of nailed that as well. Um, seriously at the moment we are such an open book if you need help with anything security wise get in touch if the answer isn't on our website already we can point you to it i keep getting told off i keep being told that i need to put more people in between 
the world and me. But at the moment, mm-hmm. we're a really small business and you can get in touch with us so easily. It's unbelievable. Uh, to the point that we even search out hashtag mental theft every day because some people, if they can't find us and they've hashtagged it, we'll find them and we'll give them a hand. Oh, that's brilliant. I'll make sure all those links go into the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to click on that, they can click away. Happily. Awesome. Um, just before we go, I have a quick round. This is something I stole from someone else's podcast, but I liked it, so I'm going to steal it. And um, so I've got three questions for you. These are not pre-prepared. No, so. <laughs> no, I'm on the spot. Okay, go. Yeah. The first one is fear is in the pit of your stomach. You can feel it. Your hands are starting to sweat. What do you Take do? a breath. One of the most powerful things you can do is just stop, take a deep breath in. Notice, notice the oxygen going into your body. Okay, and if you concentrate on the oxygen, and I, I still do this. If I walk out on stage and start to get nervous fright at all, I take a breath. I kind of anchor myself in the real moment. And then I realize, you know what? What's the worst that can really happen? I could do something stupid. It could go funny. People could record it and put it on YouTube. Brilliant. More people will be looking at the show. That's fine. That's fine. So yeah, stop and take a breath. It's one of the one of the easiest things, and so many people miss it. They go into this panic and they stop breathing. And if you just stop, take a deep breath in, and then think properly, it changes the world. Yeah, I, 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 there isn't an episode that, that has got out without me talking about breathing. Just breathe. It's so, it, like you said, to connect you instantly to the present. There's nothing like it. It's with you all the time. It's a tool that's free. It's it, with you all the time. And it's a really good way to attune to what's going on and what you're, how you're experiencing circumstances. Yep. yep. So that's brilliant. The next question I got for you is on your bedside table. Uh, what's on your bedside table? A pack of cards, some elastic bands, <laughs> uh, and a lamp. And and a book, uh, a book, and I, my wife only gave it to me the other day. Uh, it was some immortal, immortal cities or something like that. But it's a book about a futuristic world. I love that kind of stuff. And my wife turned around and went, "Right, you need to read that one. That one's really good." Um, so yeah, that's my next read. Great. And then the final question is, um, what have you binge watched recently? Either you know Netflix or some other sort of service provider for anything you've been. Well, yeah, actually, um, myself and my wife, we went back and do you remember Heroes? Heroes. It stopped ages ago. It's an American thing, and it had some great people in it. And we had only ever watched two seasons of it, but it went all the way up to four seasons, mm-hmm. and we kind of lost interest a few years back. But then we noticed yeah. it was all on uh, iPlayer. So we've started that again, and we're now partway through season four and really enjoying it. So, yeah, yeah. it's nice because okay. nobody else is really talking about it anymore. And me and my wife are just going, oh, this is awesome. Um, something else we binge watch is something that not many people know about. It's called Critical Role, and it's uh, seven voice actors run their own Twitch channel and they play D&D games and they record it and they put it out on Twitch and on YouTube and it's just kind of gone massive in the geeky world of D&D players. Um, and and I, I love games like that because it's all about the imagination <laughs> and, and you end up creating stories. Um, so yeah, Heroes and Critical Role. Okay, and I'm just giggling here because it's a complete non-gamer. What's the end? Oh, D&D. You, don't, oh, oh, you are so joining me for a D&D game. 
D and D is called. It's actually known as Dungeons and Dragons. So what happens oh is one person is kind of the storyteller, and they're known as the dungeon master or DM, and they create a story for you and your friends who create new characters to play through. And and so um, for anyone that's listening and does D and D, I'm a level seven paladin. There are only a certain select few people that will go. Okay, we know what you are. Whereas my wife uh, plays the character of a wood elf, and she's very sprightly and can jump around stuff a lot easier. I'm I'm just big meat sack who goes straight into fights with no real reason, and it's things like that. So it's really creative. It's on a tabletop, and there's hardly any props. There's no board for this game at all, but it's all in your head. It's all. And do you know what? I've seen kids play it, and they become better problem solvers because they've worked mm-hmm. through loads of problems that they made in the past. Um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, d Yeah. I, I remember my brothers playing at school, but I am probably going back like 40 years. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't think it's a digital version. I, I don't believe you. I think you're going back about 15, maybe 10 years. I, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Oh, I really, really am oh, truly grateful to you coming on, Paul. It's such a pleasure. Mate, seriously, thank you for asking. Really not as And what you've done uh, this year, and I think, like you say, you know, that's sitting in that pit of despair of like, what am I going to do? And just being able to turn it around, to, to take this opportunity to write your book. I have to confess, I have a book sitting in my laptop. It's at about 30,000 words, and it's been there for three years. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this to you as lovingly as possible. What matters in your head more, okay? The people who need to read that book or your own excuses for not finishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has been my challenge um, in that the, the, you know, the charity that I run, the private coaching clients I have, and I've always, you know, the people who are immediately in front of me. But I think what I've learned from you is that, when that's what I learned from doing the podcast as well. You know, I can reach... You know, my podcast is, I don't promote it heavily or anything. I just do it for fun and because I love being able to share my skills. Yeah. But when I look at, you know, how many thousands of downloads I've had, those are, those are sessions I, I could have had with clients that I would never have been able to do. There's only one of me. Yeah. And if that has touched that many lives, I think, like you say, it's the, um, and isn't that amazing? You're helping people while you're asleep. That's yeah. amazing. That's so kind. So if you want an opportunity to win this book, then please do leave a review, take a photo of you, like listening to the podcast or whatever these people do, um, and uh, share it with all anybody who you think might be able to benefit from Paul's wisdom and avoid some mental theft. And until next time, my lovelies, do more of what you love with who you love every single day. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed today's show, I would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and leave me a review. And to show my appreciation, each month I will be randomly selecting one reviewer to win a free coaching call. Simply leave your review for a chance to win. How good is that?